Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to a really fucked up episode of the Supercoach Co-Captain Sport uh, Podcast. I've already stuffed up. I'm your host, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes. Hello, Dano. Sounds like it's going to be a good one tonight, so uh, let's get stuck into it. Yeah, we're going to do things a bit backwards this week, uh, Pato, because no one's got any fucking trades. I've got one left and I've got to use it. So, But we'll move on quickly to the team of the week, and that was Duncan's team, King of the Hill. Fucking huge score there, Pato. Who did he have and what was his score? Yeah, scored a massive 2,746. A great job, Duncan. Um Really solid team. Had James Sicily and Tom Stewart in defense who just fucking mopped up everything that came their way. Um, Jack Steele in midfield, which makes me fucking sick. Uh, Darcy Cameron up forward. A lot of people actually rage traded him after he missed a week and now looks like he might come good. So that's, I guess, why you don't trade your underperforming primos um, like Jack Steele. Because they could come good. But, um, yeah, no, really, really good team, Duncan. Well done. And that's with Rory Laird on his bench as well. So congratulations Fuck. on getting the high score in our group. Yeah, I was happy with my 26-19, Pato. And then I was like, holy shit, all these 2,700 scores. And then I realized, oh, yeah, I don't have Sicily. So for those, speaking of that, Dano, for those that don't follow me on Twitter, I posted that I had a weird feeling that Jack Bytel was going to outscore Marcus Windhager. <laughs> and I went with Jack Bytel. Obviously couldn't loophole because they are teammates. Um, Bytel scored 31, and I didn't catch the game, but I found out that Windhager played half back and got 30-odd touches for 104. Um, <laughs> I actually scored 2492 as well, so it probably cost me a pretty decent score there. But anyway, live, laugh, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pato. Um, we're going to go a bit different this week. Like I said, we're going to do listener questions first because no one apparently has trades anymore. So we're going to start off with the listeners, Pato. And one person who I think has a trade is Lloydie, uh, most likely. So he goes, if Himmelberg scores enough for a loop, who do I take off for him? Will Day or Rory Atkins? I'd have to say Rory Atkins, wouldn't you, Pato? Oh, that's actually really tough because Atkins, since Stephen King took over has actually been slutting it up in defense. So he's scored 112 and 99 in his last two, which mm. for Rory Atkins is actually really good. Um, Himmelberg got 120-odd over the weekend as well, didn't he? I don't know because I don't own him and I don't care. 109 he scored. So it's a tough one. I I like Will Day's role. I probably – oh, although Will Day scored 90. So – yeah. Will Day doesn't score as well without Sicily in the team, um, but Will Day plays against St Kilda on the weekend. So that could be a nice matchup. Yeah, it's a toughie, isn't Himmelberg it? Himmelberg plays the dogs, though, at Mars. So yeah, that's so, not a great matchup, but yeah, Atkins he said, plays Brisbane. He said if Himmelberg scores enough for a loop, who does he take off for him, Dale Atkins? I'd so he's assuming that Himmelberg's going, like, this is if Himmelberg, let's say, goes 110. I'd say Day. So I'd say Atkins. Hmm. Atkins is playing Brisbane, so that might come into it. 
Pantella says, any advice for those who have run out of trades but need to trade out Walsh? <laughs> um, same, Pantella. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was fucking stoked on the weekend though. He had 120 odd in a uh, hundred odd just after quarter time. And I thought, fuck Ronnie for a 200. And then I can found I, out he can, a can I just say, so I know who runs that nerds for life. Um, super coach page, the early crow on Sam Walsh as VC or whatever was brilliant. Isn't nerds for life. Pantelis? It is. <laughs> Oh, that was the joke. I was trying not to help him. He loves it though. He loves it. But yeah, Pantelis, I, I was gotta, with you on that one. Yeah, you, like, you, gotta, you gotta stand by what you say, really. Oh, he but he, he went the early crow. Cause as soon as he looked amazing, he's like, Oh yeah. Like and who didn't listen to me? And I, I think it was literally twenty seconds later while she goes down. So it was your fault, Pantelis. Thanks, mate. Fuck. <laughs> and he'll he'll he was just like, ah, oh, fuck. But anyway, um, we've only got one other question, Pato, because like I said, everyone's run out of trades, essentially. Um, and it's Scoby. He goes, rank these in order of being a flog and levels of genuine shit blokeism. So you got Trent Cotchett, Willie Rioli, Tom Lynch, Johnny Bairstow, Stuart Broad, and Piers Morgan. <laughs> um, Piers Morgan is a default first, surely. I think I think you've got to go Piers Morgan. Stuart Broad. Bairstow. No, I'm going to say Tom Lynch. Uh, <laughs> I have it on very good authority, Dono. Yep. That his wife is actually a worst bloke. Not like bloke, actual bloke, but worst person. Oh, really? Tom Lynch? Yes. Tom Lynch. Oh, so by by association, he should be third. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Willie Rioli has punched two blokes this year, though, on the footy field. Probably more off it. Mm. Um, but Trent Cotchin, I think you got to put down the bottom with this one. I, I, I'm a Richmond fan, but I can't get behind the notion that Trent Cotchin's a shit bloke because he's not. That's why I said he's down the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, okay. <laughs> Pato, people have run out of trades. And those who have yeah, one so- left have got to trade out Sam Walsh or fucking Jordan Ridley or something like that. So what do we do? There's actually some pretty decent value on offer. Um, I just want to put it out there, and this um, full credit to the Dr. Supercoach boys who mentioned that um, if you have an Ashcroft and you and he is a bench guy, don't trade him out. Hold on to him. He's not going to lose value. Wait until you need the trade. Wait until you get a premium injured to know where you need because if you trade him out for a nice value guy and you end up losing uh, – Tim English to injury, uh, you'll be spewing. So I just want to preface with that. Um, there's actually some really good value on offer. Um, and we won't go through sort of stats or anything like that. People can look them up themselves. But Zach Butters at a 529K actually makes you money off Walsh. Yeah. Um, which is pretty crazy, averaging 107. Um Are you gonna say it? I kind of have to say Jack Steele. I'm not and that's not who I'm referring to. I think Took Miller provides really good value, although the role doesn't look fantastic. But I think two weeks back from a longer-term injury, I think from someone that didn't play VFL, just went straight in, I think he's ready to sort of boom for the last month. So that's a decent option there. Pato, I'm just going to say something. This is from yeah. round eight onwards. 129, 116, 
106, 164, 93, 23, 114, 97. Priced at 504. So that 23 has really fucked him up. That's Josh Kelly. Oh. His break Dano. even is 79. <laughs> at 504 K on the nose. Come Dano. on, Pato. You cannot possibly advocate for someone to use their final trade on Josh fucking Kelly. Watch him burn now, people. Watch him fucking burn. No one's doubting his ability to score. Like, we know he can score, but we also know he can pick up hamstrings and concussions, and you, you can't possibly have that as your final trade in final trade. Like, I I can't get around it. Bench guy. Bench loop. Probably point is a bench loop if he's an injury risk. Mason Redman, I I think is great great value. Um, he's not DPP, but four hundred fifty seven thousand. Um, with the news of Ridley missing the rest of the regular season, he should have a monopoly on kick ins, and he actually does have a bit of a spike. Um, traditionally, when Ridley misses, because he gets a lot more of usage in that back line. Um, and they've actually got a really soft draw on the way home as well, except for Collingwood around twenty four. So I think that's a really great value option if you don't have a lot of money. Now, Pato, let's say you had 631,600. <laughs> that is well past my filter because I filtered for 550k for the people. Yeah, I, I just want to know for me. Or I'm 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 going to talk about me for a second, Pato. I'm in a position where I got my last trade and I got Jordan Ridley. Uh, Campbell Chesser as my only bench guy. Hmm. Not the greatest. Unless he randomly pops out a 70-odd or whatever, I'd be happy. Um, I really want one player in particular, but he's not going to go down in price anytime soon, and that's Sicily. And I've got 631600 to play with. I think if you can afford it, you, you go for Sicily. I can't. I can't afford it. Oh, you can't. i got 631600 Oh, you are 12K. Yeah. yeah. I, someone even- who's... Four, like three, 3,500 short of Dan Houston as well. Someone's run who I really, really love, um, and you're not going to like trading into this team, but Luke Davis Uniac. Already got him. Uh- <laughs> wow. For the people out there, Davis Uniac um, presents really good value, has West Coast, Melbourne, Essendon, Richmond, and Gold Coast on the run home. So there's a world where he could average 130 in those five games. So that's pretty nutty. Um, I think mean, people have to also keep in mind that Rowan Marshall is under a little bit of an injury cloud. So just be mindful of that. Um, Luke Jackson, I don't mind as a five-week punt. Oh, you're, you're giving me some real nervous ones here, Pato, because you're talking to me about Rowan Marshall. I've got no bench cover in my ruck. I've at least got bench cover in my defense. Hmm. So, yeah, Luke Dilemmas. Jackson... Luke Jackson has scored three 100-plus scores in the games that Sean Darcy has missed, and he has been ruled out for the rest of the season. If you can bring him into your forward line, it gives you the ruck cover you need that if Rowan Marshall does miss a week announced or announced early enough that you can rotate your players, that Luke Mar- uh, Luke Jackson can provide that cover. Mm. 457000 so actually a really, really good price. I brought in Jared Witts with my final trade last week, Dano, for Sean Darcy. Yeah. Um, that's not going to help you, though, for Jordan no. Ridley. Yeah, well, this is this is the dilemma. It's Jordan Ridley. I've got Campbell Chesser as McCover. 
But then you're talking about Rowan Marshall potentially under an injury cloud, and all I've got is Nick Madden on the fucking bench. Yeah, so if you can use DPP, I think you try and bring some cover in, and whether you go DC or Jackson, they're both. Jackson has a better ruck run home than DC, and we've spoken about that previously. Yeah, I can't do that. Oh, you got to love what about Sam. Listeners. What about Sam Doherty, Dano? Well, this is this is another dilemma I have. So I've got, and and I've always thought of this. Paddy, would you be comfortable having like seventy k left over once the season's done? Oh, do you, are you logged into my team? I no, have, no, no, I'm not. I have seventy seven thousand in my fucking bank that I can't <laughs> use, and well, it I've makes got, me filthy. Well, this is why I'm trying to maximize my dollars, and I can get Luke Ryan. But I don't feel comfortable getting Luke Ryan, even though he's playing well. I just don't feel because he's a fake primo. Yes, no, because you can, every week you call him a fake primo, and now I'm starting to think he is, even though he pumps out good scores. Um, but like, then I look at Sam Doherty, and I'm like, I will still have like 80k left over, and I can't use it. Would I feel comfortable doing that, or would I feel I comfortable just like letting someone like a Cunningham just keep making cash, field Chesser for a week, like R- Ridley misses four weeks. Minimum, so he's out pretty pretty much the whole season. So I've got to trade him. Fuck, it's I mean, really annoying. Of all weeks, you have to feel Chesser. It'd be this week because they play North, but I would not feel comfortable with that at all. No. <laughs> um, Doherty did get some inside mid time on the weekend because Walsh went down, and obviously Chera and Cripps were out. Um, I believe they're listed as tests for the weekend, Dano. So. He could get some more inside time just with Walsh missing the next couple of weeks. Mm. People struggling for cash as well. Um, Callum Mills is looking decent, got to admit. He played half forward, Dano. He got 107. Yeah, he got lucky and kicked two goals. Did he, like, kick them up in the air and a strong breeze rolled in and, like, tra- like carried it, like, 40 metres? No idea. I watched... I don't think I watched one game. Highly unlikely. So he didn't get lucky. He actually kicked them with skill. Yeah, the role isn't great, though. Mm. But Luke Parker, Dano, 155 on the weekend. Oh, you needed that, didn't you? Oh, fuck, I did. <laughs> you needed that. You know who did need it also? Errol Goulden. Fuck. 66. But what's crazy, he played midfield and scored that, and he's been dropping 140s on the wing. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Keep him on a wing. Some guys are just well, ridiculously good at it, like Nick Martin. Yeah, so Mills actually was moved out of the midfield because apparently he's dealing with a niggle, so that is concerning. Uh, well, got Ben Keys on the bench, I guess, um, and Cunningham. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's really not good. It's really not good, Pato. It's not, not, no. There's not much to talk about either. No one's so got any that- trades left. Is that a lesson learnt, Dano, that people should maybe be a lot more conservative with their trades next year? And I'm I'm more talking about early days where someone like a Ridley, who I started and traded out after, I think, two weeks because he was playing a lockdown role, um, ended up coming good. I know that's maybe a bad example because he's missing the rest of the season now. But just, just a lesson in patience. I mean, a lot of people jumped off Doherty, who, again, got injured. So in hindsight, it looked fine. But people jumped off him. Is that a lesson, Dano, that maybe we need to take into next year that we just need to be a, a bit more conservative and hold trades for this situation? Because we need to remember there hasn't been a footy season this long since 2019. Well, has it been? Wait, did 2019 they have 24 games? 
Uh, no, it was 23, actually. So there's one extra game this weekend to then, this year. Was it 23 or 24? I swear it was 24. Around 24. So it's not 24 games, 23 games, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've never seen a 24-round season. So yeah, I get it. So like it's a longer season than normal and maybe people, maybe we should have been a bit smarter with that and just thought, look, it's a longer season. The, the chances of all of our primos lasting and it has been a season where we unprecedented the amount of primos that are going down. Um, Dunkley, Oliver, Walsh, Laird, you know, just the, the list goes on. I'm not going to list them all, but it's been a fucking brutal year for primos. Hmm. Yeah, um, it's and I was talking about this the other day. It's interesting that last year's tactic of going aggressive early won our our boy JP the fifty grand. Yeah, this year JP's going aggressive early and it's backfired on him. Correct. And like one one year strategy doesn't necessarily work the next year. And like we could be conservative next year and then we get fall further behind because people are getting aggressive with their trades and they get a really lucky run. And, like, you just don't know. But that's the beauty of fantasy football. That's the beauty of Supercoach. You don't know until it happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the lesson is I don't love when people just copy other people. And, and there's a lot of really awesome content creators. But I I always try and provide advice of sort of what I would do. But I also like to basically say that, hey, this is your choice. This is your team. Go go pick players that you enjoy watching. And if that's someone like Shea Bolton for a Richmond fan, then fucking back yourself in. If if you like being aggressive and trying to jump from primo to primo, then back yourself in. But also just be aware of the fact that it can backfire. And playing the long game can backfire as well. This year, it, it as as you mentioned, it like the long game is what's going to win Supercoach. Um and I know Supercoach Mama um, from two years ago is winner. Um, she's a very conservative player and sort of holds her trades, and that won her the the money two years ago. So, well, there's many ways to skin a cat, and I think the last two years has, has proven that, and I just think we need to find our own identi- identity, which seems weird in a, in a fantasy game, but... Yeah, just back yourself in. Get your get what what is what you're good at. Good with if you're good at finding PODs and just fucking yeah, lock that in. Yep, yep. Don't mind, don't mind. You know what, Paddy? Do you want to just get into the VC and C options? Yeah, let's do it. Um, this is our bread and butter. One thing I'm still doing well in this year, the the, the one of many, uh, very few. Did you take Bont's score last week? I did. Yeah, same. I was just like, I'm not, I'm not risking this shit. And then I saw yeah, all these yeah. other players. Just, you know what was annoying? LD, you actually did outscore him, but he only outscored him by seven. So I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool. Yeah, I mean, my my backup captain option was Dawson, who scored 13 less than, uh, sorry, 11 less than Bontempelli. So I had many scores higher than Bontempelli, but I was never going to captain Parker. Um, wasn't going to touch Stewart just in case of a lockdown. Like, it was just yeah, back it in yeah. points in the bank. Yep. All right. We're not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys VC and C options to set your team apart from the rest. So let's kick it off with a Friday night game between Collingwood and Carlton, and I hope Collingwood fucking smash Carlton. Anyway, (laughs) who you got in this one, Pato, and why is it Disco Dacos? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that is the obvious one, but it's worth noting that he scored 100 against them last time. 
And I think Ed Kerno followed him around, and Ed Kerno did play last weekend. So mm. we'll see how that goes. Um, it may even be a George Hewitt who should be in that midfield group as well. So for a VC, someone with a higher ceiling like Dacos, I think that is really good. Um, Dacos wore Drew last weekend and scored 99, which is fine. He's going to learn from these tags and get better from it. So I think for a VC, it's okay, but there's probably better options. Yeah, we don't know the timeline on Crips, do we? He's a test. Mm. Do you have a good history against Collingwood that you know of? Uh, Not off the top of my head. Let's have a squeeze. Um, Last three games, 87, 121, 114. So not spectacular at all. Beautiful. Uh, (laughs) uh, We'll move on to the next game then. Geelong versus Fremantle at GMHBA Stadium. This is, on the this is the one, Dano. This is the one. So Ooh. my VC um, is pretty likely to be Tom Stewart in this one, I think. Um, earlier this year, scored just 91 against Frio, but last year down at Alphabet Stadium, he scored 187 against Frio. And Frio are looking pretty average. Let's be real with that. So I think he'll have a lot of intercept possessions available. And, and I think he might feast up on the Frio inside 50s. Yeah, he's projected as 152. Is so, that all? Yeah, 152 is huge, Pato. That was as the joke. projected. Jesus. That, that was the joke. That was the joke. <laughs> Who else? Anyone else in this one, Pato? Uh, no. Maybe. Oh, no. Well, I'm, I'm going to say Andy Brayshaw has been somewhat building. Um, this is his scores from round eight. Uh, for some reason, I like round eight onwards at the moment, Pato. Uh, 149, 88, 134, 127, 107, 109, 80, 107, 114, 116. So my problem with that, Dano, is Geelong have really made an identity lately of being a really restrictive midfield crew. Um. Two weeks ago against Essendon, they obviously Essendon are a really, really star-studded midfield group. Parrish scored 92 and Merritt scored 69. Um, so, eel. And, and I think this is probably going to be a pretty one-sided game as well. So, I feel like Geelong's restrictive midfield will continue this weekend. That's why I don't like any of the Freo mids. Interesting. Rachel did get 132 on them earlier this year, but if they've changed tactic, then, yeah, I don't mind that call. Uh, well, okay, we'll move on to, I reckon, one of the games of the round. Bias. Uh, at 1.45 p.m. on the Saturday, Western Bulldogs versus GWS Giants at Mars. Just uh, out of this That world. reminds me, Dan, I was going to mention that on the pod. There were some fucking crazy close games on the weekend, and I don't know how Richmond won, but they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, Collingwood had a close one, like lots of close games. So that's really good for footy. And I feel like, fingers crossed, there's there's another similar round coming this week. Yeah, yeah. So the Bulldogs versus the Giants is either going to be a close win by the Giants or a blowout by the Bulldogs. That's the only way I can see it, Um, especially at Mars. It's fucking cold. And you know what? Josh Faye with his long sleeves should get a starting gig, I reckon, just for the, the long sleeves in Ballarat. <laughs> um, so early this year, Bont had a lazy 164 against the Giants. Um, doesn't have a super great record at Mars Stadium, but I feel like he'll be left to do 
basically as he pleases because the Giants don't really tag this year, Dano. So mm. I do like Bond as the problem is he plays at the same time as the Geelong game. So I'm actually, oh, oh fuck, I don't know. I'm talking <laughs> between Stewart and Bont as my VC. It's tough. Um, it is, it is. I, I also like English in this game. If you own English, I think he'll do pretty well against the Brigmeister. Yeah, English will get more possessions around the ground. Briggs will ragdoll the shit out of him in the ruck, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see, I can see that happening. Um, trying to look to see anyone who has a fucking hectic history and whatnot in this next game. Um, but with the with the Bulldogs and the Giants, I like the Bond. Um, and just because of Pato's statement earlier, if you got a want a real POD VC, go Josh Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he's gonna burn after you said that. I reckon Always. he's gonna burn. Oh fuck! Um, can I say a cheeky, a cheeky POD? And I've been toying with this, but it means that I'd essentially have like a hundred and thirty grand left over to not use, and it's really fucking dumb because I think I need to use that money. Sam Taylor, Pato. Oh, stop it! Have you seen his run? Yeah, it and, has been sexy good. And the dogs do actually concede scores traditionally to intercept defenders as well. So the, the thing no, is, he's, no one he's has not, Sam Taylor. He's not an intercept defender, though. That's the thing. He's, he's just doing intercept. it. Oh, he's just 118, 117, 130, 121, his last four. Anyway, the Q class should be a ripper. Fucking, oh, Pato. 1% of teams own Sam Taylor. Let's go. <laughs> Actually, it's 0.6%, but fuck it. Okay, we'll move on. Duke I Lush. really like Neil in this one. See, what about Josh Dunkley? Josh Dunkley for the second game back. Mm, don't hate He's, it. Scored 153 against them earlier in the year. Got 115 just, last round, first game back. The guys, the guys coming back from injury make me a little, little bit nervous because and I'm pretty sure Dunkley's was only a, a cuff corky, but... Things can flare back up, and if this is a fairly one-sided game, it's someone that could get a bit of resting if it's still not 100%. I don't mind the dunks uh, in this one. Uh, Cheeky Noah Anderson. No, I think this will be a pretty one-sided game. Yeah, okay. Uh, Essendon versus Sydney at Marvel, 11th versus 12th. This is going to help shape the top eight, to be honest. Um, Who you got in this one, Paddy? Luke Parker should hopefully have a nice big game against them. Sydney will probably tag one of the midfielders. It's probably going to be Merritt. Can't see them tagging Parrish. I think I really like Redmond in this one, but I don't think you'd captain him. Nah. And other than that, nothing really jumps out at me. Yeah, and Parrish doesn't have, like, his scoring history against um, Sydney isn't something to the, like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, no worries. Um, Zach Merritt's scoring history is up and down. He's gone 140, 57, 104. Yeah, tag or no tag. So, yeah, don't love this one. I, I like the other game that's Saturday night, Dana. I think there might be some juicy ones in this run. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's the Battle of the Crom. No, I'm kidding. The, the showdown? Yeah, I know. It's just like the Battle of the Bridge. Now the Battle of the Crom. The Crow versus the Prison Bars. No. So Connor Rosie's last two showdowns have read 126 and 162. So don't hate that. But again, he probably doesn't quite have the pedigree to trust the captaincy on him just yet. Um, Rory Another. Laird off the 
week off is a little juicy, don't I? Paddo, Paddo, you can't go and say no to Josh Dunkley after he's played one week back and yet go, oh, yeah, Rory Laird, fucking <laughs> off, off the fucking one-game break from injury, fuck, yeah. Anyway, um, other than that, I don't do that. love... Yeah, I don't love anyone else in this game. Don't like... No. Yeah, no. No one that you can trust with the C unless you want to go a VC on them and then just see LDU no. later. The the option C... The obvious C option is coming in this next game. Yeah, okay. So, Sunday, Hawthorne versus St Kilda at Marvel. Who is it? James Sicily scored 172 against St Kilda in round 11 this year. Don't know. They let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. And they typically do that for halfbacks because they just get numbers back and don't really pressure up in their forward line. So typical Ross Lyon. I I feel like Sicily will get close to 200 in this game. So I think that's an easy C option, honestly, if you own him. Damn. I'm not exaggerating there either. I I think he'll get close to it. Yeah, okay. I actually don't like Jack Steele in this one. Don't. Fuck Jack Steele. <laughs> um, you know, like when you get a random inkling on some random player that no one will, or some only a small amount of teams will own that really you shouldn't put the captaincy on, but you feel like they're going to pop off? Yeah. Machido Owens. Oh, Hawthorne will win this game, Dana. I don't know why you're looking at Saints players. No, I'm just I'm just giving options. Nah, yeah, don't do Machito Owens. Jack Sinclair, though, could go big. See, I, I reckon Finn McInnes goes to Sinclair. Interesting. Yeah, okay. We'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, Richmond versus Melbourne. MCG, second last game. Christian Petrarca. Uh, Petrarca is the obvious one, although since moving forward, he hasn't really shown the huge ceiling that he did earlier on in the year. Maxi gone. Um, Max Gorn isn't a bad option if Grundy doesn't play, just because I feel like Solder has really improved his rut craft. And if you brought him in, congratulations. But I think, yeah, if Gorn solo rucks, I think that's a really juicy matchup for him. Um, Tim Taranto, I feel like, is due a big game. He's had a bit of attention the last couple of weeks. But I don't feel like Melbourne will go to him very much. He scored 144 against them in round six this year. Uh, Melbourne won that game. I think that'll be a little bit closer this time. And I think Toronto might do really well against them. Yeah, good chat. Good chat. Um, I can't really think of anyone else. What about Shea Bolton? Yeah, yeah. Big big game could do well. Um, same with Dusty, but I feel like ultimately Melbourne win this game. Um, Jack Viney could have a, a sort of random big game here if you own him. Um, has a really nice midfield role, but I think if you own Jack Viney, you're just happy with the higher scores and you're not looking at the yeah, captaincy. Okay. Last game of the round. Battle for Harley Reid. Blockbuster. <laughs> West Coast versus North Melbourne at Optus Stadium. Fuck, man. You've had, like, you're the... <laughs> You're not wrong with the West Coast. Like Chesick would actually play half decent, but um, with this one, imagine if West Coast wins this game. Oh, dude, that would be interesting. It would make things very interesting. They still won't finish this, second bottom. They'd still get Harley Reid. Yeah, or they'd trade the picks two and three to for um, pick one or whatever. Um, but anyway, LDU, I feel like is just gonna beat a mad dog in this game. 
Yeah, 143 against the Eagles in round one. Um, I feel like he eclipses that, could go 150 plus. Yeah. In this one, um, although West Coast may opt to send an O'Neill or someone to him, um, Tim Kelly could also get off the chain a bit. Um, North Melbourne have shown that they give up fairly big scores to opposition midfielders. Doesn't have the history against North Melbourne, but it's a bit of a hunch that I think he might go large. What about the Shees? Yeah, I do like Shees as well. I think he'll be left to mop up absolutely everything. There's talk that Zebul may miss altogether, not even be the sub. So I do like that. Um, 114 against them in round one for Sheezel. Um, if for some reason you have a north forward, um, West Coast had Brody Hoff on um, on Mackay. No, Mackay, no, um, Constable. Uh, not Constable. Fuck. Kurnow. Um, and Kerno had a lazy 10. So if for some reason you have a Zerha or someone, um, could kick an absolute bag against West Nick Coast. Yeah, Nick Larky could go largey. Oh, I saw what you did there. All right, Pato, what's your Twitter handle? It's at P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. Uh, we've got a short podcast this week because, yeah, no one's got any fucking trades. So from us... At the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off.